Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Rode Microphones. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters. Voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This week, we're talking about a list that appeared online of the top seven, I don't know why seven, uh, audio interfaces. Why shouldn't it? It should be ten. Wouldn't you do why ten? Seven? I would have thought so. No, no, no. Bizarre. I know they used to do that in research. They'd pick seven because it made it easier for people to pick the correct number. Because if you said ten, people usually go for seven, strangely. Really? There you go. So if it's, yeah, if it's one to ten, what, what do you think of that song? One to ten, they go seven. Um, so if you go seven, then they go, oh shit! What, um, what do I right, go four. now? Yeah, 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 maybe, or maybe so that, yeah, maybe, maybe it's that's all relative. Maybe they go six instead. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, so we had the list. Yeah, it was on the premium beat, the um, royalty-free music. It was. It came in, turned up in my inbox from them. Before we got on air, we were talking about one notable. Uh, interface that seems to be missing from the list. So it can kind of be a bit contentious. So I don't know. How do we want to do this? Do we want to, do you want me to go through the seven first and then we can discuss or do you want to work our way through the seven? That's a good question. That's the <laughs> hardest question of the day. Yeah. I'm stumped. <laughs> I see we go from the bottom to the top. Okay. Well, let's go from the bottom. Okay. So number seven was the, uh, the Presonus Revelator desktop two by four, which is apparently retails for 199, which I'm guessing is US dollars. And George, you like those, right? Yeah, you bought one. I mean, I've been using it for the last month and a half. <laughs> That's like literally all you've heard me on. There's an endorsement. It. Well, we think we've talked about yeah. this on the show, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. We I, I mean, so why do I like it? It's basically what they described. I mean, the description of what they wrote is accurate, which is that it was designed for podcasters and streamers. It's, a, it's designed to elevate the quality of your typical podcaster or streamer setup, mm-hmm. you know? So are the preamps in there like boutique? No, no way. Not at that price point, but for the purposes of doing a podcast or webcast or game stream or whatever, it's very much capable. And it's the thing that makes it the killer app is the mixer, the mixer on board, the DSP. That is what, that's what makes it killer. It's so flexible. I'm literally in the middle of doing a full-blown tutorial video. I'm going to put up on Vimeo Pro, like a pay-per-view that walks through everything about setting up the mixer, how to set up all the recalls all in the context of someone setting up their own, you know, coaching studio. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that coach from home and they, they want to be able to do everything. I want to now do it. I want to do this. I want to be in my booth. Now I want to be at my desk. Now I want the student in the booth. Now the student's on Zoom. Well, you know, it's like there's all these scenarios and to be able to recall all those scenes and just at a click of a button, that's nothing new, but in a $200 box. Yeah, it is something new. So yeah, what's, cool. is there anything different to its DSP approach or is it kind of another Apollo, but just maybe not quite as nutty and hard to use, but right. less powerful, but same basic idea? It's in no way modular. There's no third-party plugs whatsoever. And there, there's, no, there's no clear path that that would ever be a thing. Okay. Um, they're just using their own fat channel, their own internal plugin that's based on their Studio One stuff. And then that's based on the, the studio live consoles that they've been making for a long time. Um, but what was the question? So, so <laughs> is there, even though it's like not as much DSP, not a third party market, um, is it still 
maybe in a slightly less confusing way, the same basic approach as the way Apollo uses DSP. Like they have it in their own uh, application console, and then you can, you know, route things around, decide what's your input, decide what's your output, make your output an input to another application, sort of Nexus style. Those so things. you've got onboard DSP, but then you have sound drivers, right? And those are the Apollo's sound drivers are its Keeley's heel. That is what makes the Apollo have so much, in my world, gives us all kittens. Like, it drives us crazy, the, the drivers. Like, they they don't behave the same great. across every app. They don't behave the same on Mac and Windows. It's, they're, they're very, it can be quite frustrating. But in my experience now with the drivers that, have, that were written by Personas' team, it's far better thought out. And, you know, they, they, have, the, they have the advantage of waiting. It's like Apple. You know, they waited to make the iPhone until touchscreen technology caught up and all that, right? And then when they launched it, it was like, whoa, I've never seen anything like yeah, it. Yeah, they acted like they invented it. Right. Now, this yeah. is kind of like watching the Universal Audio team, you know, do what they do for 10 years. And then Personas is like, okay, we've seen everything that works, everything that doesn't work. We see the price point is outrageous. We see that nobody cares about these third-party plugins. Let's make a $200 version of that. And that's what this one is. That's in my opinion. But the drivers are way better. Way, 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 way better. Way, just a much better thought out. And it works like flawlessly and predictably on every single app I've tried it on. So the killer thing is the drivers, to be honest. So we went to seven and all the others lose and we're done. There you go. We're finished. <laughs> yeah, forget, forget some of the, the stuff on this list I have zero opinion on and some of them I'm going to have very strong opinions. So. Well, here's, here's one that I, I've sort of looked at and thought, yeah, I, I'm sort of, I'm upgrading systems and stuff next year. I might actually have a look at this was the, um, the Motu Ultralight Mark V. I have experience with Motu stuff. Do you? Okay. Well, I'd be interested to hear because uh, I, I think sure. I've talked about this on the show before because I'm actually thinking about going Mac Mini next year so something small equally s- small would be uh would be of interest to me and the thing i liked about it was the um the uh the number of inputs and outputs that means i don't lose the versatility that i have with the um the 002 rack that i use at the moment yeah it's like that shrunken so here's here's my opinion of motu i think it is really good bang for the buck not a lot of like glitzy frills kind of thing like it's no third-party plugins or really fancy plugin interfaces. It's very utilitarian, but it combines a couple of things that are really interesting. First off is it's got DSP in it, and the DSP environment is more flexible and less confusing than the Apollo environment because it's sort of like the routing is more um, like a traditional matrix, just you know, like imagine a big field of checkboxes, inputs on one side, outputs on the other, and you just put dots where you want things to go. Um, and then each channel has a full complement of DSP, compression, EQ. It's got some reverb in there. It's all just for monitoring. Um, and the quality of the I.O. is really good. Um, so, so when you look at what maybe Apollo would charge for the same number of I.O.s, and it's a lot less from O2, basically. What, what you don't get is the name brand on the... Um, you know, the different plugins that everyone makes. They're not licensed. They're They're not licensed plugins modeling a real thing. They model But they are model things and they're probably doing it pretty faithfully. I think so. They just can't legally call it that thing. Correct. 
And then it includes, usually a lot of their inter- interfaces include what's called AVB, which is essentially very low latency 24-bit audio over Ethernet. So if, so you do have to buy, for AVB, you do have to buy special Ethernet switches. Is that their Dante? That's their Dante. Well, it's not their Dante. It's open source Dante. But it's uh. it's even better than Dante. Dante runs on level two, and uh, or level three, sorry, application level, I believe. And AVB runs on level two, but that's why it needs special routers. So a router that would cost you 50 bucks is like $300. Mm. Um, to make it work with AVB. But besides mm. that, it's probably a little bit quicker than Dante. And I don't know, has at least the same channel count, maybe more. And Dante works over your existing network infrastructure though, right? Correct. Over hardwire. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's a hard sell. I mean, if you're designing a studio from scratch, okay. And Dante's like 10 milliseconds or in that range, I think, of latency. I think AVB goes lower. I mean, there has to be a reason why they would make a whole different Router um, for it, yeah. Yeah, that can yep. handle the packets in a faster way or something. So so again, it's kind of outside of our market. Yeah. Like, I don't know who, what voiceover person needs to, you know, I mean, it's great that you can take a single Ethernet cable and effectively have like a 24-channel cable that yeah. would have cost $1,000 and weighed 1,000 pounds. Or even a podcaster. Right, you're just But a if pod- you're running yeah. a studio with more than one room... That'd be amazing. These things are interesting. Or a big market that Motu's gone into is also live sound. Because now you're just like uh, run up, run up stage with an X with a with a Cat Five cable and done. Oh my yeah, god! Wow. And they have these stage boxes that are just literally just like preamps right there on the stage. Kicking I had out. this twenty eight channel, no thirty two channel, hundred and fifty foot snake that I had to unfurl from my truck. <laughs> God, I think it was a nightmare. Yeah. And now it's nice. like like phone cable. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. it's it's a small package with huge capabilities, sounds like. Yeah. If it if it's got their D they they, they call it QMix is their software. Right. And then and also with Motu, you usually get a free copy of their um not their full digital digital performer, but they have another little mini DAW, which is like a multi-track recorder. Which is pretty good, and you just get it. So it's like almost like again, like uh, UA has Luna. They have like a little DAW. Their main DAW they charge more for. I think I think UA charges more for extra features in Luna as well. Um, and then it's got a lot of DSP, excellent routing, super flexible. And from um, what I can tell, and everybody, you, I know that usually, uses Motu. Usually, Motu gives you like f- uh, Thunderbolt USB, like. Like a couple of different interfaces all right. built into one device yeah. as well. Thunderbolt, Firewire. They were doing Firewire and USB on one unit for years. And, I, and I've had clients that are like, I go into their studio and I'm like, oh, you got a Motu? They're like, yeah, I've been using that for 13 years. Yeah. yeah it's wow. like, holy cow, those things last. I've got a Motu D112, which is all digital. It's 112 channels of digital with this yeah. gigantic mixer like that you're just like scrolling through and you, and... It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks pretty good. It's a very apples to oranges top seven list. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, this is, the, this is that, all that, over the map. That Personas has very little to do with the Motu, if you really think about it. Yeah. Like, very little. that Personas, yeah. he should have put up a Motu M2. Right. That would Those have been would the be more parallel piece. You know, yeah, like, there's exactly. a two channel interface with a loopback feature done. Yeah. I agree. What's next? Okay, so next is the Audient ID4 Mark II desktop 2x2. Two two. So two in, two out. These are yeah, I, have a, I have an opinion. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, George. I, I know these are really popular with the talent, right? Yeah, so 
pulling no punches here, Audient has let me and clients down a lot on their quality of product longevity. Not sound quality, not build quality, not features, longevity. I've had them die, especially the ID22. For a lot of people have had those things, you know, go tits up after two, three years. And there's just no rhyme or reason for it. You know, I've heard somebody say, well, I got it repaired. It was the power power rails. It's like, okay, AKA the power supplies are not well designed and they die. Um, so I'm going to get that out of the way because, you know, they deserve, they deserve to know that this is a problem. Yep. Um, but do you, do you want to get that out of the way for antelope as well? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know much, much about them, but I definitely know they have a reputation. But, mm-hmm. but that out of the way, it is a really nice device. It's in the same price point as the Revelator, I think. And it's yeah. going to have arguably a better preamp and chip uh, AD. Um, they're, they always, they're always at the very top of most audio shootouts when it comes to quality of their pre's and their converters. And they finally added a loopback feature on the little ID4, the little baby one, which is what, that's what we're talking about, right? The four, mm-hmm. not the four. The ID4, yeah. The ID4, ID4 yeah. Mark yeah. Two. So that's now you can do a loopback. So it's become a lot more useful all of a sudden. I love that. So I like everything about it except their track record for longevity. Other than that, it checks all the boxes for me. I think it's a really nice piece. The next one is the Black Lion Audio Revolution 2x2, which I don't, I've never even seen before, I'll be honest. Chicago company. Are they really? Yeah. So, Aren't they yeah. known so, for modding yeah, stuff? Yeah, so I, 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 can, I can give you Black Lion. Nice. Um, they, they started out basically taking gear from Avid and fixing and making... Typically, they would go after the power supply and make that better, more consistent. Not sure exactly what they would do. They'd go into the converters and put capacitors here and they're also really well known I think for their clocking they have like clocks that they make that are supposed to be extremely stable so they've always modded different gear different avid gear most yeah. popular could you get a black line digi 002 way back in the day they, they they modded most of avid's gear and the digi 002 mod was a popular one and they right. did something to everything in it um, like preamps converters hot rod power, power, power supply yeah. etc um, then they started getting into mic preamps they make a variety of like API clones and their own 500 series preamps and different things like that I, I've not seen the piece but this would be my guess it probably has great audio specs they probably went to whichever company in China bought a USB chip and it probably has a very basic straight ahead driver no DSP I'm not sure if it has low latency monitoring and analog. Do you, can, I, I don't see a picture of it, but I would expect it to have like be minimal on the software side and pretty high up on the uh, audio spec side with probably a very simple ease of operation. Something very much like what we would imagine even a, uh, just like your basic two channel in and out. Like a Scarlet 2 IT. Yeah, exactly. Like a, probably a much a really better spec. High res. Yeah. yeah, a really high quality one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I watched this really uh, interesting and knowledgeable uh, YouTuber named Julian Krauss. And he, oh, yes. he has an incredibly, <laughs> incredibly regimented and consistent He's so reviews. German, that guy. So German. Yeah, he is. <laughs> His eyes don't stare for too long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is thorough and he breaks the equipment apart and takes a look inside. Um, but his review on that thing was like, he, he, of course, all of us would expect very high, high marks. And he was like, I couldn't believe how noisy the thing was. 
So, you know, maybe the preamps were not the cleanest in his test unit, but which, he, and, his and which thing device was way was he down. The, that the, exact the black unit. line. Really? Yeah. 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 He's like, the thing, the print thing, the thing's noise tests were very poor. So it was just an anomaly. I'm thinking there must have been something wrong. I mean, they, with the unit. It's, it's, it's it was as noisy as the Steinberg. They, they sure make a right. big deal about their stuff. You know, like if they're full yeah. of air, then. Yeah, so I, I think they need to rebut that or they need to ship him another one because every, and you know what he does is it's a, his reviews are, what's amazing about them is they're cumulative. So like every review you see contains the data from the last two years worth of reviews. Yeah. There's tons of them in there. So every time you see one, you see it ranked against the last 27 units he tested, right? Sorry. And you're always seeing a ranking. Yeah. And it was... <laughs> Listen to that dog. Is that your stomach, Robert? Yeah, stop it. You got the munchies, Robert? Is that your <laughs> Is stomach? Is that your dog? That's your stomach. That's my, yeah, that's my dog. So like, like he, he does, <laughs> just roll back, George, I, I got to be quiet. Like, yeah. like he does incremental reviews, you said? Yeah, he well, his re- not incremental, it's cumulative. It's cumulative. So like he'll review this unit and then he'll show you this massive chart, right? Like a spreadsheet. And it's showing that against the last 27 units he's reviewed. And so you're always seeing it ranked and compared against everything else that's out there, which is why yeah. his reviews are so amazing. Like, because you, you just, you, you're never seeing it in a vacuum. Uh, you're always knowing what it sounds like and what it specs out against everything else. And he analyzes everything. The noise, the distortion, the output quality, the headphone amps. What's the everything. real variety out there, I wonder? I, I think there's less variety. I think that a lot of these companies are basically going, getting the same converter chips, the same yep. preamp chips, putting them on a board oh, yeah. on the, like mine's on the left, yours is on the right. They put it, they, mine's spray painted green, yours is paint painted blue. And right. then they sell them for like, well, mine is $200, mine is $800. Yeah, when you look at his chart, he'll, he'll sell, you'll see like the signal to noise ratio chart. You'll see the THD chart and you'll see the stuff kind of grouped. Like there'll be a whole bunch with within a one or two dB of the same SNL signal and noise. And then you'll see another group that are considerably lower, right? And then you'll see another cluster maybe that are the high end ones, you know, that stick out. But it's like clear there's a whole bunch with almost the exact same circuit in there, you know? So it's, it's, inter- it's, it's interesting because you're seeing all this stuff in aggregate. You're not just looking at a single unit. You're seeing it compared to a ton of other gear. And that, I think that's what makes it so fascinating. And the uh, the Evo 4, also by Audient, we didn't mention, is way up high on the ranking rank, uh, ranking for quality sound. So, And that's a $130 unit. So, wow. you know, Audient knows how to make good sounding stuff. They just well, got to make it last. Well, you know, Audient has been at it for a while, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like Audient made the mixers, but Audient goes back to DDA. The, oh, yeah? the two same people from DDA that made all the DDA boards in the you know, like 80s and 90s. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know their lineage, but I know they've been around. They're, the DDA boards were known for being sort of very clean and like... Who was uh, their biggest competitor in the heyday? The uh, heyday. Like the likes of Amic, maybe ah, maybe Neotech, gotcha. maybe... Yeah, yeah. Um, probably less colored than Neotech even, mm-hmm. like very much trying to be a straight wire board. They're trying to be no color. yeah. Like maybe classical engineers would like that one. Yeah, but there's there's DDA boards in rock and roll studios and whatnot. They mm-hmm. they were and and they I think they might have even gotten into some live stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, DDA was a fairly big company in the um, in the eighties and nineties, and then gotcha. 
audience pops up and it's basically the same two designers. Well, whatever we said about Black Line, all of it's hearsay. So <laughs> no, none of us have used it. I didn't but, say anything uh, bad. Exactly. I don't we, think. I did see on that uh, review though um, that we talked about in the noise level that the Steinberg, I think, is the noisiest interface. Yeah. And this one was the same. It had the same noise output from memory. Okay. Right. Did, did he test a Behringer? Yes. It, I think he had. And how was it? It wasn't as noisy as a Steinberg right. from memory. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I get his, his measurements are, you know, probably legit and everything. But I, I've, I've set up, installed, or heard countless Steinberg UR22s and 12s. And I've never gone like, oh, boy, this thing is noisy. So I think yeah. they're horribly noisy with an analog mic. But like with any typical condenser, you know, they provide enough gain and they're clean enough. But... I mean, it definitely, I definitely think about it. Like whenever someone's like, what gear do I buy? It's, it's sullied my opinion of the Steinberg stuff, his reviews. Yeah. I, I so can't remember like, you liking the Steinberg stuff for a while. Yeah, I do. Cause then their drivers are rock solid. They had a loopback feature long before everybody else did. It was just a checkbox, you know, like check this box and now it does loop back. Make your output and input. Yeah. For a $120 unit that could do it. It was like, you know, this is really slick and no frills, simple. Brain dead, simple to operate. One knob does one thing, you know, and so I liked it for that reason. So sounds like it's for me. Now. Anyway, I digress. Mm. <laughs> well, the next one on the list, we're, we're three from three to go. Three to go. Uh, the Antelope Zen Go. We'll try to go faster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now this now, is what I'm, I'm really, really, really curious about. Um, on paper and on feature set and everything else, it looks amazing. Price point is very good. It's clearly like a gunning right head-to-head with the Apollo Solo. Same kind of feature set, same kind of basic size. But a lot in of the same way, right? they, yeah, they, plugins, they, they, but yeah. they're not licensed plugins, right? But they're like, it's the same kind of thing, right? They're not the real thing. It's not a real whatever SSL thing. But they don't, but they have all that stuff in there. But it's antelope. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a lot to they have a lot to redeem they need to redeem themselves in terms of the longevity same thing as audience Except, I, I think that antelope's most interesting stuff is their modeling mics yeah they have the edge mics which yeah. are really interesting again another piece of gear i haven't gotten to have my hands on but i'd love to test yep. it, again like black lion they're known for super high quality signal and clocks and clocks. I was just Don't they say. sell like a five thousand dollar word clock or they, something? They sell a clock. They also make an interface called the Goliath, which is like sixty four channels of audio for Pro Tools or something. Right. That like Antelope makes some a wide range of stuff, but mostly, usually, everything always seems to spec out incredibly well. Yeah. And always seems to be big on really promises. good bang for the buck. It's not like <laughs> it's not like Antelope is cheap, but no. it's. But for what it does, it's always less expensive than its next competitor. Yeah. Well, they're made in the Eastern European country. Nothing wrong with that. But the part supply chain issue and repairing them is a little bit of a problem. Um, I know this because I happen to know the only U.S. repair center for this unit or this company. And I know literally the guys that repair them. And I've heard them complain about how they can't do anything except replace entire boards. That's pretty Yeah, typical. I guess it is because these guys are used to build, you know, these guys are used to doing maintenance on, you know, 
tons of vintage analog gear. So they want to replace a capacitor or they want to get a schematic. They're not allowed. They cannot see a schematic. So all they can do is wait for a board two to four weeks to ship over. You know, that that's not ideal, but you got to look at what it costs and what it can do at the same time. I also, I've also heard that the user interface for this thing is a little bit confounding. So you got to be patient on how you learn how to use it. Um, But it's still extremely compelling. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in it. I've, I've, I've heard good things. So. Yep. I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, antelope curious. Antelope curious. Don't take that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Back to interfaces now. Um, Actually, I'll tell you who does sing the praises of Antelope and uses all their gear is that we've had him on the show, Lars Deutsch. Oh. Do you remember the composer and um, record producer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He lives yeah. in LA, German guy. Yeah, he's big on Antelope. He loves it. So uh-huh. Yeah. I think, they look, I think once they look you get him. in the camp of a manufacturer and you get, you like get the gear, you understand its user interface, you understand all of its idiosyncrasies, it's really hard to leave and go somewhere else. It's not like it's lock-in, yeah. but... You know, you understand. It's the, what they say. It's uh, the devil you know than the devil you don't. Is that what this? Is that the same? Better yeah. the devil you know. Better the day. devil you know. Yeah, but exactly. uh, yeah. And if, if like in his case, I, I'm not sure if he is, but if he is an ambassador for the company, then they're certainly going to look after him. So yeah, um, that would never be an issue for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on number to two. the Focusrite Claret. See, this yeah, is contentious two. for me. I don't know that this would land at number two for me, but the Claret. Is uh, is landed in number I'm two not, on their list. I've not seen or heard the preamps to know how much greater. I better, set one or, up or for my ex-wife. Are. I set one up for my ex-wife, and I got to be honest, I wasn't particularly impressed. George, you probably got a bit with more your ex-wife or, or the interface. <laughs> <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. That's why she's ex. Or your ex-wife's interface. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Edit that Zinger. one. That docking um, station is, is well the, out of uh, use. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, um, uh, is it? Um, it and I'm assuming now you're talking about the Claret first gen, right? Because they have a new gen. Uh, yes, I guess that's what they've got. Yeah. yeah. So Claret two is out. Um, I, I have zero firsthand experience with it. I've heard it from a couple clients, and it was squeaky clean. You know, no noise at all. Really clean preamps. Other than that, I don't know what it is. Other than just being, you know, a higher spec Scarlet. I know they have a Ethernet interface for the Claret series, and you can. Oh no, it's RedNet. That's right. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, RedNet. And they, and they make some thing. other like Claret series interfaces that are multi-channel, and they get into headphone monitoring. Yeah, there's a two, and a four, an eight. And, yeah, I, I think I might actually like the Apollo console more than theirs. Like it's yeah, it, it's not great. I mean, it, it it's kind of like Personas also with their, for instance, I when. When I was helping somebody set up the Motu interface, and they originally got an Apollo uh, Personas interface that had a similar number of inputs and outputs, but the capabilities of the low latency mixer were just like not even close. And I think mm. Scarlet is the same way. It's like you got just enough to do kind of your home recording stuff, but as soon as you want to put that that same interface into a really professional setup. You can't. So, for instance, I ran into a studio I was trying to help in California, maybe had or still have a, a Focusrite interface, and the talkback is built into it. Great, except you can't separate the talkback from the monitor, which mm-hmm. means that you can't create yeah. a mix minus out of the talkback button. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. This is like things like that that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a focus, right? Had it talked back because I know the Apollo does. Yeah, the Apollo does, and the fo- the bigger version of a focus, right? That also has a talkback feature Got built it. into it. And Got it. But the the routing is like stupid routing, like a Mackie Big Knob. It won't uh, separate the talkback from a monitor output. So you're like, well, now I got to monitor something, or I have to kill a whole monitor and not use it, so I can only use it as a talkback output. Right. Yeah, that was a big knob, big pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. Big pain in um, the neck knob. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, big pain in the knob. Yeah, yeah getting yeah. the talkback <laughs> function right is something that is rarely ever done right. It's weird. Yep. That it's simple and not simple. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah, the, I can't say much about Clarita with very little firsthand experience. I don't know how it gets to be number two here in this field, but uh, it's not bus powered either, is it? I think it is. Isn't it's it? Thunderbolt. Yeah. It's Thunderbolt. Is it? It's probably okay. the new ones are probably Thunderbolt three. Yeah. But what I do like, it's got a power switch on off switch, which is kind of handy. Yeah, they have. Let's say Thunderbolt. Yep. But the bigger units, I'm sure, not bus powered. I would think it's only the smaller ones that are. And yeah. they do a Thunderbolt and a USB variation. But you so got to buy them separately, right? They're two different products, two yeah, different SKUs. Motu gives you both. Yeah, I mean, Motu, that is the thing. Motu gives you extras. That That is interesting. They've always seemed to like, if we can squeeze another port on this thing, we'll put it on there. Yeah. Like maximum yep. density. I mean, they give function. you stuff like time code in and out, right. word clock. Right. Um, yeah. More than most ports. people need, but rather than save a little for a little more profit margin, they're like, "Well, we're just known for giving you this shit, so we're going to give it to you." <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, yeah. it's just, we're not like, going to drop it off the unit. I, I, I like Mo too. It's, yeah. it's just that you either get one of those those simple ones that's like the two in two out, or you got to be willing to deal with a fairly complex <laughs> interface. Yeah. yeah, like once you set it up, it looks like a mixer, but. You know, you have to understand routing, basically. Yeah, yeah. So right. all this way, the revelator is no exception to that. The thing about the revelator again, and I and I and see because I haven't installed and used a lot of these, I don't know what their the nuances of their drivers are. I can speak very well about the Apollo and the revelator, but the revelator has two distinctly different modes, and depending on what mode you're in, the drivers have very different features, and that's what's kind of neat. It's either a simple, it's either like a Scarlet. Or it's an Apollo, mm. depending on what mode it's in. And I, I love that about the Revelator. That's you know? pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, you can do, someone can tweak it up and then make <clears throat> it simple after that. Like, mm. Yeah, exactly. The, now, now the, the Roadcaster Pro, that old Roadcaster, has both sets of drivers always active. And that's great too, but it also can be confusing to someone that doesn't know what they're doing. It can be really confusing. So that's, that's a pro and a con. Um, but I like that they do that. They just it just can be a little confusing. Well, number so one, number last drum roll. Oh, no. should, we, should we play the? Does someone have the roadcaster? There you go. No, no. The one time that we could actually use that feature. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, see again. The Apogee. It's the Apogee Duet Three. The Duet takes out in the number one position in their list. It's it's basically like a like an Apollo. I have Apogee PTSD duets and duets mainly breaking or what breaking freaking out doing weird crap with Pro Tools when they bundled it with Pro Tools uh, just they're even though it's natively designed to only work on Apple not work right after an Apple update I don't mind their low latency driver. 
for the most part, things are not too hidden in there. Their little software piece. I've not seen their DSP stuff. The user interface um, was always confounding. It's got, I, I have to see the new one. Like I really should do a review proper on the Duet 3 because it is a new. I thought their user thing. interface was simpler than Apollo's. Like, well, I, I hated that by default, even on the Apogee 1, the really simple one. It didn't blend by default, your headphones it didn't out. monitor. Yeah, yeah, there was no monitoring right. as a default. So, yeah. And it was like, where do you go to do that? And then, and okay. then when you do it, there's a little tiny menu that says like mix headphones or both, I think. Yeah, it's a tiny drop down. Yeah. And unless you change it from two channel to mix, you'll never hear them. You'll never hear, you hear it. yourself. And, it, and yeah. that, and that, that's just a design thing. Like they could have easily changed it, but they just decided not to. You know, I understand you should RTFM, you know, or work with a pro, get it set up. But still, it's like certain little defined. It should be obvious how to do some very basic stuff sometimes. So my my general impression of Apogee, just from having owned some of their more high end gear. So I've I've had, mm-hmm. for instance, AD one thousands and DA one thousands and uh, yeah. Rosetta's Rosetta and yeah. um, the quality of the audio seems to always always be there the preamps as That's well definitely their top priority yeah it's to me it's a little bit concerning over the last couple of years to see apogee go decisively down market you know yeah. to things like even the hype mic which right the name alone <laughs> is like i you don't mean know the nickelodeon mic it's like it's like basically you're it's like Hype is this hype? Is this you know what I mean? Well, I, I, now I call it the Nickelodeon mic now because because they sold a bunch one of my of them. clients. Yeah. Every time she has to do Nickelodeon, she has to plug in the Apogee hype mic. Yep, and That's it's got an analog compressor on it, which scares the crap out of me. Right. Um, but they've they've certainly gone out and sold a lot of them, and I've not used one in general. Again, like Apogee, it seems like even though it seems like hypey, literally by the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does seem to be good, like you know. Yep. And so Apogee usually comes through on quality. I've had stuff break, but it's been thirty-year-old plus converters and things. It's like you can't really hold them to it. And yeah, the very yeah. first Apogee thing I ever saw was at the studio in Philly. It sounds at um, Sigma Sound. The little third we had the rack Dat recorder. We were doing mix downs or you know live two track. Dubs, and we would always go through an Apogee converter. Right, it was probably it was probably either an eighty five hundred or an eighty one thousand. It was a little third of a rack space dealio. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I love them. They, I, yeah, I, th- I still think. Awesome. I still think if you're looking for an amazing sounding converter and mic pre combined, even though it's only twenty bit, the eighty one thousand is like it's bolted to a converter, so you're not going to get an analog output from it. But you're basically looking at a I think a preamp on the level of a John Hardy. Mm. Well, I want to try the Duet 3. I want to try the the mixing console, the updated version, see what's going on. I really don't care a lot. I don't really could care less about the uh, the channel strip designed by Clear, Clear Mountain. But Clear Mountain, yeah. Some people would probably find that really compelling. Um, but if it has the routing capability of the Revelator, if it has the drivers of the Revelator that are just as good and flexible, if it has the routing of the Revelator, if it's more reliable than anything they've made to date, and it sounds three times more expensive, I will recommend it <laughs> over the Revelator. <laughs> I mean, because it's really the Revelator, but three times more expensive. 
right? So if it's really sounding as good as a Revelator, and yes, it is Windows compatible, by the way. Is is, is yeah. the Revelator as good sounding or is it more about just its ease of use and its its drivers and its feature set being what you need, not what you don't need? Well, I don't know. Do I sound bad? <laughs> sound awful. <laughs> but there's nothing, there's nothing yeah. the personas can do for that. <laughs> yeah, <No. right. laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I, I'm... I don't have golden ears and I haven't done shootouts in studio environments to compare the quality of all these things. I haven't done a Julian Krauss on this, but, um, you know, for, for the context, the revelators for a different market, it's for streamers, podcasters, home studios. The Duet 3, I think is also, but it has a legacy behind it of having really, really high quality audio. So, you know, that's gotta be worth something. But we all know if you want really, really, really high quality, then you get the um, the one that the guy sent us that cost us two hundred dollars to give back. <laughs> oh, that uh, thing—the yeah, the one with um, strings attached. Yeah, yeah. the the yeah. Uh, oh god, what was it called? We can't remember the name. Sorry, guy that sent the thing to us. <laughs> yeah, and don't sue. We can't remember the name. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that like puts the- it. Top of quality, like insane. it was in a league of its own. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. It really, it was that thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, oh, and this also has what a was dock. Um, LA3. It's like, oh, what's their bloody AVL, name? L- Acousta. Or the Acousta. Or? The Acousta LA3. Acousta. That was it. Acousta. There you go. There you go. Indeed. The yeah. name wasn't that sticky. It was, no, that thing was right. twice as expensive as the most expensive interface on this list. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, it was. Yeah. And probably an eighth the size. Exactly. And had fewer features. And harder to use. Right. Exactly. Right. right. And harder to use. Right. Two buttons. Well, it, the, it, it, they've <laughs> also solved the thing that's always pissed me off about the Duet stuff and that's their horrible little micro tiny proprietary breakout cable thing. Mm, yep. Man, that thing always ticked me off. Well, now they have a dock. So for an extra 150 bucks, you can have a permanently uh. connected dock that sits on your desk that has all your stuff plugged in and then this thing slides in to the dock. So, Really, if you want to price it properly, it's five ninety nine plus one hundred forty nine accessories. Mm. See, I, I think the duet has kind of lost its way from the original, like the mono duo or mono, whatever the first one was. It was just like the one that was like a super simple interface that was high and quality. sounded good. Yeah, Dan and I, Dan and I did a very informal USB audio shootout, right? And I had a an original one, the black one. It's just called the one Apogee one. And it was a piano black looking little thing. And it was in the bottom of box, right? <laughs> like all these interfaces in a box and we listened to everything. And that one beat everything. And it was 10 years old. I mean, it was just, it stood out as being the best. I mean, the Apogee, I'm sure was, on, was close to it. I'm pretty sure it was really close. Well, they, it but was I mean, an Apogee. I'm sorry. Apologies. The Apollo was in that shootout and it was comparable to the Apollo, but considering it was 10 years old, literally more than 10 years old, actually, I think. Did, did it need a and driver? Or was it just like driver free? Like just plug and go on a Mac. It's driver free. Yeah. Like you can install the maestro and have better control over the monitoring, but it's but driver it free. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, that did blow me away. Like it just, that was like, listen, we know what we're doing and we've known what we're doing for a long time. When it comes to converters and preamps, you know, it might fall apart. It may have a <laughs> poorly engineered connector. It might be confoundingly frustrating to use for someone that's not used to having a single knob interface. 
But they literally invented the idea that you could have a unit with just one big ass knob that does like four things. Everything. Actually, they Motu invented. did that too. I'm not sure who did that first. Did they? Motu has a, really? had a single. Yeah, they had very close to the I same time that Apogee did. They had a I interface. Gotta, I, I got to give Apogee credit for that industrial design. And everybody's doing it. The Apollo is literally a knockoff of that design. Well, what about Waves? I mean, they had the One Knob series. Who was first on that one? You mean the one knob plugins? Yeah, yeah. that was. Well, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> was that Probably. before the? Uh... <laughs> I've always had one knob. The whole idea of everything needing just one big knob. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I have one removed. So, yeah. so before we wrap it up, how about <laughs> <laughs> no, my nickname at school was Forky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or chopsticks. Before we wrap it up, let's mention again the ones that are not on the well, list. Well, I was going to say now that you've mentioned there. the elephant in the room, we should probably sort of mention the fact that the, the Apollo Twin is a pretty glaring omission from their list, I would have thought. Big time. Yep. Uh, Big or time. even this, even the Arrow, or even maybe their new interface with the, with the 1176 built into it, you know? Because right. Apollo's they, gone down, no down market too. Yeah, they went to the Vault series. They have right. a Vault 1, Vault 176. Yeah. No, I, I think this review predated those. I don't think they had those in time, but the, the Apollos have been around since 2011. Leaving that off the list was really weird. It's like having an automobile shootout and leaving out Nissan. Yeah, I'd be, I'd yes, be like interested to find out what? from them why they, whoever wrote the article, why they sort of felt that the Apollo didn't Julian deserve Julian Mitchell a position wrote the article. Well, Julian, we're calling you out. Is there a place out. to comment? Julian? Yeah, is there a, a comment call? field on yeah, the bottom yeah, of this absolutely. blog? So, so, George, the, the Motu Track 16. How old is that? One knob. Comes out. Let me see. One. Oh it? yeah, that's right. I don't that's think like it predates a sixteen channel interface. Yeah, I don't think it predates the Apogee though. Uh, I don't know, but maybe hard to say. I think it's yeah. close to the same date. No, I remember the track. Yeah, was it? It was USB or Thunderbolt or Firewire. I think it was Firewire. My, yeah, yeah. My browser's crashing. And the first duet the too was Firewire. <laughs> is that your up to date uh, laptop you're on there? The uh, no, he's on a like PC. Twelve. Like, the nineteen ninety six Mac. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's running uh it's running do you, um do you know what i had to buy on ebay no i a had PC. to buy a windows <laughs> 95 133 megahertz laptop pentium one because i i had one of those oh, did you really well i had oh like long time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is yeah. for your amec big Yes, exactly. It's to it's to run the the automation and all the compressors that are on that board. It's the no It's the interface for the virtual dynamics. So what is no a, a, a nineteen ninety five Pentium One Mac worth a PC worth and laptop? Anywhere it runs on God, there's people DOS, trying to it... get a thousand dollars for them. Really? And then you, yep, yeah, like working, like oh my God, I've got the last working Windows ninety five computer on earth. That's a thousand dollars, or. You see like ones with like broken or I don't know. And you're looking at the picture going, I think that's working. I finally found one that was like um, shipped. It was 120 bucks and all very nice. No, it was a laptop. laptop. Yeah. Nice. Dell. And it was, it was like, I mean, I got it, plugged it in, booted it. I was like windows 95. Wow. (laughs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) Do you even remember how to use it? It's like a time capsule. Yeah. That's far it's out. pretty funny. It's it's funny yeah, how little easy. Windows has changed at the same time that it's changed. True. It's yeah. still just like yeah. this thing with like the search bar in the lower left and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was so well, has Mac yeah. changed I am embracing that Windows. Is Mac really. I mean OS well, Windows hasn't eleven that looks much. like Mac OS. Windows eleven looks like Mac OS, so Yeah. 
Interesting. Anyway, there you, you go. Know, what, what's the thing? There's there's a painting or a picture, and it shows it's an old picture. It shows Bill Gates sitting by a canvas, and he's like making his masterpiece painting. And you realize that his masterpiece painting is the Windows flag with the rainbow. Yeah. And then he's holding his thumb out, measuring his subject. And you look at his subject sitting on a stool, and it's the rainbow apple. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's telling. All right. Well, here's a way. Here's a way to kinds of yeah. Here's a way to wind this up. Let's go around the room, and uh, if you had to pick one of the interfaces, but you could only pick one of the seven on this guy's list, what's your pick? For our own personal needs. For your own personal needs, not like overall. No, no, not overall. Just for you. Which exact Motu is it? Uh, The Motu is the Ultralight Ultralight Mark Five. Okay. I'd go. Multi- I think I'd go with the Motu. I believe. I it'd yeah, be the Motu or maybe the Antelope, but I think the Motu just because yeah. it's got like it's like eight channels of interfacing and and all that DSP. I yeah. think you guys have sold me. Motu I think that's is actually, your go-to. Yeah, and I actually think that's what I'm going to look at a bit harder next year when I upgrade the studio and get the new um, the Mac, the new Mac, and all the rest of it. I think I might actually have a look at that. All right, I'm guessing I know what George is going to pick. Personas. Well, you go first. Uh, because I use a PC, I also use Steinberg Wave Lab. Um, I have no choice but to go for the antelope because I pick everything that nobody else does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to be different. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, um, I wish I was a little more knowledgeable of the Motu's, you know, console and what it can do. And But um, I'm just really impressed with the Revelator right now. At really? The price point aside, I think even if it was honestly, if even if it was four hundred dollars, hundred dollars less than the Apollo and everything else, I would still think it's a pretty fair deal. And I'm still, I'm just really impressed. Nobody is, nobody has written a driver that works the way it does without. Like normally, you have to on a Mac, you have to install Loopback, which is another third party driver program. No, you have to use to, Nexus. Sorry, edit that out. (laughs) Normally, to get the functionality you can get out of Revelator, you have to have it, you have to be using a third party sound driver, virtual driver setup like Nexus. And Nexus is great, it's really flexible, inserts into Pro Tools, but you need need all that stuff to do what this thing does out of the box, like turnkey. And that's what really impresses me. The most is that it's just, it's already in there. There's two sets of virtual drivers. There's four mix layers. There's assignable headphones for any mix. It's just, everything's in there you can need. And then the recalls, the scenes that being like I, for, for my client, Martha, I've set up five recalls for her little setup and she can always grab the setup she needs. And that's not new. We've had scene recalls on digital mixers and even analog mixers right. for 30 years. But but the fact that it's in a $200 box that just works is, you know, that's that's what's new. It is it is impressive. Mm. Very cool. Well, there you go. Mm. There you go. I still I still don't see why the Apollo Twin's not on there, but uh, maybe we'll get an answer on that. Or the SSL2. Or the SSL2. The SSL2, yeah. There yeah. you go. Which we love. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even even obscure ones like the Pyramix. The Pyramix makes an interesting high end audio interface that we should. Yeah, there's some high ends, not not, not Pyramix, some... but merging technologies that makes Pyramix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Halo. What about Metric Halo? Metric Halo. I know Halo, a guy who's man. a huge Metric Talk about Halo audio fan. quality. Those guys are known for that. 
Yeah, right? one of my clients. Oh, he's been on the show, Jeff Berlin. He's a yeah. massive and, metric halo. And then sound devices? Right? I mean, Nothing sound devices. High-end yeah. preamps on those? We could make another. We should, we should do a seven top seven list of gear not on the top seven list. There you go. The top Centrics. 70 list. There you go. We can <laughs> yeah. do that next time. Yeah, indeed. On that note, I'm out of here. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite, recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters, and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, with tech support from George the Tech Wizard. Help us share the show with more people, and get your hands on exclusive content by contributing to our Patreon page. See patreon.com forward slash Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website, the Pro Audio Suite. Dot com.